How is everybody doing today? This is the commissioner speaking, letting y'all know that we have a great and an amazing episode in store for y'all today. Absolutely incredible stuff. We bring back Houston Rocket Vaughn Wafer back to the summit. Let me tell y'all something right now. We had so much overwhelming responses in terms of our episode with Von Wafer, whether it be from Clutch fans um, on our Instagram and, w- and what have you. But the fact of the matter is, is that people wanted to hear Von Wafer speak. They wanted to hear his voice. So I went ahead and asked the man, and the man graciously accepted to go ahead and do a Q&A for y'all. A lot of people were wondering what he's been up to. A lot of people were wondering about that amazing year he had in Houston. And not only uh, did he did y'all deliver the questions, he answered Every single one of them. That's right. Every single question was answered, which was absolutely incredible on Vaughn's part. And we're very appreciative of that. Um, unfortunately, we were not able to get to all of it on this episode, but don't worry, guys. We have a part two, which is going to be releasing next week. Part two, uh, there was just so many questions. We couldn't break it down into just one episode. We had to do it in two. If we did it in, if we put it all together, easily be a two hour episode. But we went ahead and broke it down into two parts just for y'all. So, right here, part one uh, in the QA with Von Wafer. It's going to be an amazing episode. Very candid, uh, very humble person who talks about uh, everything uh, from the, his year with the Houston Rockets, who his, uh, one of his uh, favorite players were, and also who the uh, weirdest Houston. Houston Rocket was, uh, and in in his opinion, no, weird, not weird, but mo- most unique in his opinion. So there's just so many different questions, and also as a, and also another one was a shacked in a full moment. What was his most shacked in a full moment? So he had a blast. We had a blast uh, asking the questions, and he had a blast delivering the answers. So we were absolutely um, honored to have him back on the summit with us. So right here, let's not waste any more time. Let's get to it. Q and A with Von Wafer, right here on the Summit State of Mind. Yo, what's up, everyone? This is your boy, Heezy, a.k.a. Raheel Ramzanali, and you are listening to the Summit State of Mind podcast. What is going on, everyone? You are listening to the Summit State of Mind, the podcast of Dream Shakes and Setbacks and everything Houston Rockets. I am your host, your commissioner, Kenny. And of course, with me as always is my brother, my tag team partner, the GM, Justin. Hey, man, it's Thursday afternoon, Thursday evening, actually, and uh, just wanted to check in, see how you're doing today. How are you doing? Everything's good, man. I mean, it's a little dreary here in Houston, but we're good. Um, you know, we're making it. It's almost the end of the week. It's almost Friday. Ready for the weekend. I got Labor Day off, so it's gonna be good. Yeah, we're ready. This is a good. This is a good start. (laughs) Well, the 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 good start's about to get even better because uh, the people have been asking, the people have been clamoring, and uh, the people have been of Houston have been wanting. And we went ahead and got him back on the podcast. Three point three point shooter. Amazing Rockets player, one of my personal favorite Rocket players, Von Wafer, back on the podcast. Welcome back to the Summit, Von. How are you doing today? Man, I'm doing good. Thank you for having me back. It's a pleasure to be back. Um, something I was looking forward to. I'm glad it happened sooner than later. I'm just blessed to be back on your guys' platform. Thank you for having me. For sure, man. Looking to have, looking to have a lot of fun like last time. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're always appreciative, man. We, we, we always appreciate your time. So we have we have you on for a Q&A and uh-huh. we had fans and they sent in some questions but have you ever heard of clutch fans? Yes, I have. I'm okay. With clutch clutch sports clutch, yeah. clutch fans. So clutch fans is like a like the biggest Houston Rockets forum, thousands of like members, right? So mm-hmm. I posted your episode and I was like, who remembers Von Wafer? And we got pages worth of people that are just like, yo, I remember Von Wafer. One person quoted us saying, yo, man, the original, the OG number 13. (laughs) Uh (laughs) That's crazy. (laughs) And other other people are like, yo, man, I remember I got my Von Hawk during the playoffs, like because of Von Wafer. And I was just like, man, that's just so cool. Like, that's just like a few quotes, but like. Yeah, it just goes to show, it. yeah. It just goes to show that your impact is still seen in the city. Like that's pretty damn cool that all those people still remember you too. Right, right, right. <laughs> it's pretty cool. <laughs> I'm appalled. I'm appalled. <laughs> it's it's, it's honored. 
Oh, and and also because um because of that, I asked, I surveyed people. Well, with your permission, first of course, I asked you if you were okay to do a Q and A, and you graciously accepted. So thank you very much for that. And uh, yeah, man, and we put it on Clutch Fans, and we got a, a good amount of questions from people. So all right, we ready? We ready for this? A Q and A right here. Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> all right here we, all right here we go let's let i have to get their usernames right too so i can't i can't fill up some of them are easy like this one's pretty easy so dj on clutch <laughs> fans asks uh vaughn who is your favorite coach in the nba favorite coach in the nba man that's a that's a good question i played with so many great coaches you did um <laughs> i had a lot of coaches man uh you know Coach Adelman was great, you know, uh, Coach Doc Rivers, Coach Phil Jackson. Um, even some assistant coaches were really good because a lot of assistant coaches believed in me. Tyron Liu, uh, Coach uh, Coach Welsh while I was in Denver. He's one of my biggest believers. Uh, and I, I can't name one. It's so many, you know what I mean? It's so many great head coaches and assistants. Coach Resper, he was great to work with in Houston. He he helped me a lot with my confidence. Uh, that's too tough to just name just one. And I thought that as like the leadoff, I was kind of like, man, this is gonna be a tough question to answer. But you know, I, w- I, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have argued if you decided a uh, Rick Adelman, <laughs> and Coach, Hamilton, and Coach Hamilton, and Coach Hamilton, Leonard Hamilton, that's right. Coach Jerome Payne. I just it's too many to it's too many to pick one. I feel bad about it. I lose sleep over it. <laughs> <laughs> no don't do that we don't we, don't can't, do we that. can't have that we can't have that <laughs> but i've come across a lot of great men that i wish that i would have listened to i wish i could do it over again to interact with some of these great people there was there's some stand-up gentlemen all great guys all all bring different elements all different styles but you know all great people so i just had to get it i couldn't name just one I think that I think that was a hard. I think that was a hard lead off. I don't know why. Uh, d- d- thanks for the question, DJ. But that was a that was a tough lead off because when I read that first, I was just like, I don't know, man. I don't think Vaughn's gonna be able to name that off the top of his. I think I don't think he can do that. Like, <laughs> no, that's a tough one. Tough one. Even my high school coach, Coach Lindsay, had some great coaches. You had you 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 definitely had some amazing coaches throughout your entire career in the NBA, and you definitely can't narrow down the one, but you definitely named like some of your favorites, obviously, because you've been under the belt of a lot of different coaches. So all the famous, some all the yes. famous. Yes. Oh yeah, these are these are highly touted coaches in like you know Phil Jackson, Doc Rivers, Rick Adelman, just to name a few. George, was it George Carl when you were in Denver all as well? Famous. Was he the head yeah. coach? George yes, Carl. Yes. So great. so I mean you know that just the that lineup alone just speaks wonders and it shows yeah. the the type of coaching that you were surrounded Mon- by monty williams nate mcmillan that's yes. right oh my yes. god wow i totally forgot about NBA all finalist monty yeah. williams <laughs> finally you know right. yeah been around some some great minds when it comes to that mm-hmm and it definitely and definitely molded you for sure. And I can definitely tell by that and the way that you were kind of progressing through your career. And obviously it all it all catapulted into Houston, and that's when you know the flame really got lit. But, but yeah, for sure. Okay, so let's move on to the next. Let's move on to the next question. So this is so DJ had asked DJ on Clutch Fan is gonna he had three questions. So this is question number two. <laughs> he said, Which Rockets teammate did you hang out with the most? And do you still keep in contact with any of them? Which rocket teammate I hung out with? I'm curious. <laughs> this is a good question. <laughs> um, man, that's a good question. Hmm. We were always together. I mean, it was that's yeah. a tough one, tough one too. Uh, if I had to just well, I guess you don't have to narrow it to one. I guess you could just name a few. <laughs> I guess you yeah, that's a that's a that's a great question because we like we would always like be together for Houston. It was a lot of camaraderie. Like um, the guys, we would go meet up in a guy's room. We would just chill and kick it. It'd usually be me, Chuck, um, Hayes. Uh, sometimes Ray for Austin, Aaron Brooks. It would just be. I think. That's a tough question because too, because we all were always together. It's like it's never was just 
me and one particular guy on the team. So it was a lot of camaraderie. And now that I look back on it, I can see why we had so much success because we spent a lot of time together, mm-hmm. hanging out with one another and uh, doing things like that. And I want to add on, I actually want to add on to that real quick. Like, let's say, so let's say Yao never went down in game three. Let's say like the yeah. foot never happened. Vaughn, yeah. I think me and the GM both like, and, I, and I'm going to speak for the GM when I say this. I really, I truly believe that if Yao never got hurt and y'all beat LA, I think y'all yeah. would have won the title. I, I'm just being brutally yeah. honest here. <laughs> that was the year they beat Orlando. Yes. Yeah. That it was, was in Boston. Yeah. Yeah. I think we could have, we could have, that would have been crazy, but you know, <laughs> yeah, I don't think, I think if y'all stays healthy, we're going to get them everything they, they want. You know, and we still mm-hmm. took them, I believe, seven without Yao. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's imagine if we had Yao. You know, I think I think we would have gave them everything they wanted, and maybe yeah. could have pushed it over the hump. Absolutely, they, that would have been that would have been unbelievable. But you know, Kobe, Kobe, Kobe's will and determination couldn't overcome it, and with injuries, so that's just the always. Point. Always. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, DJ just yeah. asked what happened between uh, you and Adelman in the playoffs when Adelman kicked you, when Adelman put you on the bench. Um, you know, that's something I talk about a lot. You know how they have cameras everywhere, TNT game. Mm-hmm. Yes. So you know whatever happens, they have the camera. They have it on footage. Uh, my uncle was saying that I slammed the water bottle down. I said, where did you see footage of that at? You know, because I didn't slam the water bottle down. I feel like um, that was a situation and um, and it was heated. Um, I feel like the game was 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 close as uh, it was playoffs. Um, I feel like Coach Adelman was coaching and, and doing what he was supposed to do. I feel like it was a situation beyond both of our control. Um, Like, I did come out and apologize. You know, I I felt like that's what they wanted me to do, so I came out and apologized. But I'm older now, and I kind of understand the dynamics of what happened. Mm -hmm. And, you know, honestly, um, I feel like it was a situation that really could have been avoided but it happened and if people really want to see what happened they can just go back and pull up the footage it was a tnt game cameras they got million dollar cameras and all all kind of high tech they can even hear us on the bench so if if people are really interested in really seeing what happened um i'm pretty sure they have evidence from the cameras and the tv but me saying what happened i feel like it'll be like i'm just trying to um, get my side of it, but you have cameras there, right? And you mm-hmm. have a situation where they can hear the audio and they can hear what's going on. Mm-hmm. But I feel like um, Coach Adelman was the coach. And now that I understand the dynamics of it, it's only so much you can do as the coach. You're just the coach and you're doing what you're supposed to do. Coach Adelman was super smart. He was in the industry, so uh, in the in the basketball industry for a long time. So he mm-hmm. knew how to handle specific situations. But I feel like that was a, a situation beyond me and him. But if people really want to see, you know, can look it up. But I know one thing, it cost me a lot of money. Mm. No, and I think like what, and I remember kind of what, I think I vaguely remember what happened. But at the same time, like yeah. I was just like, well, if you are frustrated, which is which players will yeah. get, they're going to get frustrated, right? Yeah. I thought it was more of a detriment to keep you on the bench and not give yeah. you the PT, especially when Yao went down. That was my, mm-hmm. that's the way that me, I remember me and the GM, I remember we talked about this mm-hmm. during the class. We were like, yo, why isn't Vaughn on the floor when the rotations were set? And I yeah. we knew we'd see, we knew we'd see you. Like we know Rick Adelman had his, his uh yeah. his rotation set in stone so maybe like for example at the six or five minute mark in the first quarter okay vaughn's gonna come in oh shit mm-hmm. vaughn isn't coming in with lowry vaughn he's not coming in with a he's not coming in with lowry or you know some of our landry what's going on like you three were like the three-headed yeah. monster off the bench and when you weren't coming off the bench we were confused 
And then we mm-hmm, found right. out that that was because of that moment. We were like, really? Like, that's it? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's the playoffs and it's heated. So obviously exactly. your passion will show. I mean, there's nothing wrong with showing emotion. Yeah. Maybe he felt that the emotion was past the extent of where it was a detriment to the team. My, but my uncle I don't think said so. Did a, my uncle said he did an interview and um, they said he did a did uh, Coach Adelman did an interview and what my uncle says, sometimes my uncle could, I don't know if his memory is good, but I didn't even know Coach Adelman did an interview. In the interview, he said that's something you had to ask Daryl about. So maybe that's the question oh. maybe you guys could ask him. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Daryl I, just know it cost, I just know it cost me some playing time and uh-huh. it, it was some shots on my character and it was just, it cost me a lot of money. I'm, I don't know. I'm still, I'm still, no, I'm still, sal- I'm still salty about that. I'm sorry. I'm still salty <laughs> that you didn't get PT. Like, like that has always irked me in the second round. I think what I think you got like significant PT in the first two games in LA. I think. Uh-huh. Oh, it was the first two or three. I don't remember. It was the first few games where you had your PT, and then I I know there was I knew I, there was. Something. I think in that series I played. Uh, I averaged ten points in yeah. like twelve minutes. So. I did the best I could do. Like it was a, it was a, it was a bucket. It was a bucket of minutes. How do you not put him on the floor? The the scores were like, you know, this was still like early two thousands. It was like ninety to eighty something. You could have put him on the floor for twenty minutes, so that's ten extra points. I'm just saying. I, mean, I don't know. You know, I'm with that, I was coming into a contract year the next year, so I don't know. I'm sorry, Vaughn. I'm your hype guy, so I get I get upset. I tend to, I tend to get upset. I'm sorry. I'm getting irate okay. on my own podcast. Well, I, I, I know. It's okay, Kenny. All right, good. All right, let's get to the next question. So, um, H Sound Fan ninety two ten on Clutch Fan asks, "What was your favorite slash worst moment during your Rockets tenure in that year?" My favorite moment was. Um, favorite moment had to be against the Toronto Raptors when I got a chance to go in the fourth quarter. We get blown out and go in the game and score 18 points in the fourth quarter. And that's really where the Vaughn Wakeford Houston Rocket legend began, right there in the fourth mm-hmm. quarter. In this was this was in Toronto, right? This was the game right. when T Mac was that the T Mac got hurt. This was the T Mac game. game, right? Where T Mac kind of just stood nope. at half court, right? I don't. I don't even know if T Mac played that game. I'm not. I'm not really sure. I don't know. I just know we were getting blown out. I, I don't yeah. think it was. Yeah, we were just getting blown out, and I just mm-hmm. got a chance to get in the game. Um, and I got to start the next game, and I never looked back. No, I remember um, that game too, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> my, my worst moment would have to be um, that bench incident. Um, you know, so like. You know, I was just young, emotional, you know what I'm saying? I didn't understand the deeper dynamics. I'm just thinking about winning, you know, and losing. I'm not thinking about analytics and numbers and all that stuff. I'm just thinking about winning and losing and helping my team. And in that moment, a lot of things can, can you know, one veteran told, taught me perception is reality. I'm like, I didn't even understand that until I'm old now. In their eyes, it may look like I was being selfish and upset, but I'm just a competitor, ultra, mm-hmm. ultra competitor. And I wanted to be on the floor. But to my teammates, I think it was perceived like I was being selfish and I thought I was above the team. Um, that was an ugly situation that really did a lot of damage to my character. So that was, had to be one of the worst moments as a Rocket. Mm-hmm. And I, but also, like I think that if you maybe they also felt like you maybe just didn't earn your stripes, I guess, because like, for example, if someone like Kobe yeah. does it, they're going to give it to Kobe. They're going to like, Kobe, like if Kobe's going to throw a water, you know, if it was just throwing a water bottle down or whatever, yeah. they're going to let him do it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that that's where I was coming in. The young, when I was young, I didn't understand that. You know, yeah, I yeah, just yeah. watch and see, and I'm like, okay, you know, he's, he wants to win. He's competitive. Yeah. And I would, do a lot of things with emulating others. I'm not blaming it on nobody else, but when you see that kind of situation, you're like, it's okay, but it's not okay for you to do it. And if you're a franchise player, then you know they have a little bit, yeah, a little Push. bit more, yeah, a little bit more rope. You know, mm-hmm. what I mean, I can't, I can't um, do anything 
that seems like is taken away from the team, even if it's something that is blown out of proportion, I still had to make sure that, you know, just had to go above and beyond to make sure don't even give them anything. But yeah, I yeah. didn't understand that. And like I do now. No, it's okay, man. Sure. It, it's all a part of life for sure. Right. Learning lessons. Still... There you go. Right, um, <laughs> right. So, um, Klaus for Life on Clutch Fan asked um, Do you feel like you were given a fair chance in the NBA after you left Houston? Um, I'm biased towards that. I just feel like coaches didn't understand me. You know, I didn't. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to find my own identity. I think they thought by not letting me play, that would make me, you know, I guess I, I guess they feel like that makes some players more hungry, but it was shutting me down. Like it was just making me, it would make me shut down. I couldn't sleep at night. I was, you know, coping with it by drinking because I just wanted to play basketball. So I feel like, I feel like, I don't feel like they handled me correctly. I feel like everybody learns differently, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm learning things now that I should have been able to learn in re- real time, but some people have to be visual learners. Some people learn mm-hmm. slower than others. Some people learn. I just don't think they understood my brain and its makeup. And I didn't understand it when I was young. So I definitely don't think I was given, given the right opportunity. Every opportunity I was given to be successful, I thrived in. When I was with Denver Summer League, 42 points in 24 minutes. When I was with Houston, I was given the opportunity. I did my thing. When I was with Orlando and given the opportunity, I did what I was supposed to do. So every time I was given the opportunity to play, I did what I was supposed to do. I was more happier. I was more calmer. I was more accepting and listening. But, you know, hey, it is what it is. Yeah, everyone kind of learns under their own. Everyone learns, learns differently. Like I'm a teacher, yeah. so I understand yeah. that every child learns differently. You know, you can't just, you know, like in that way, like I'm kind of the coach. It can't be right. just my way. It can be my way or the highway on certain aspects, but on certain things that yeah. they learn, whether it be mathematics, English, whatever, I have to make sure that I tune to the, how they learn. Some of them are visual, like you right. said. Some of them are verbal. Some of them you need right. to be a little, maybe just a little slower with, someone you can speed right. up with. But everyone right. operates differently. So I, I totally get where you're coming from, yeah. Absolutely. It's a fast-paced business, so everybody's uh, moving. Yeah. I know. That's not, that's, that's not, true. It's true. It is. It is a business. Mm. That's the thing. Yeah. You, like, I think you hit the nail on the head with that. It's definitely a business. Mm-hmm. So. Or net late in life, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's move on, Vaughn, with some more Q&A. But before we do, we need to give a shout out to one of our greatest and best sponsors that are out there right now doing big things. The greatest and the absolute best anime streetwear label on our side of Houston, a.k.a. H-Town, and that is called Day Off. You tired of the same old anime tees? You tired of the same old mallcore look? The Galleria mallcore look? Don't you want to see some older, classic animes getting love? Well, be sure to check out the brand Day Off for your retro anime goods from animes like Macross and Neon Genesis Evangelion to Cowboy Bebop my Hero Academia, and my personal favorite, Shokugeki no Soma. Day Off is your source for anime-induced graphic mayhem. You can use the code DAYOFFSUMMIT for a 10% off discount at dayoff.shop. That is D-A-Y-O-F-F dot shop. And I'm telling you right now, my best friend Chris, he's, he's dropping some great collections right now, right here for y'all, the Summer 2021 collection, available right now, right this minute, the present day and present time tee, absolutely incredible, a white t-shirt with the black lettering on the shoulder blades, absolutely kick-ass stuff, the Know Yourself tee, otaku culture street style, absolutely badass, can't ask for anything more, black shirt with the white lettering, Crybaby Hero tee, your quintessential, um, Anime tee, obviously with some color lettering uh, with the Crybaby Hero on it. Absolutely incredible. And Psychic Activity shorts. Super, super comfortable. He only uses the best fabrics. And the best part about it is he does everything in the house. You can't ask for anything better than that. So that is dayoff.shop. Once again, D-A-Y-O-F-F.shop. What's good, everybody? This is Devin White, a.k.a. The Gentleman. 
and you are listening to the Summit State of Mind podcast with the commissioner and the GM. Let's get it. Okay, all right. Let's continue on, Vaughn. Uh, Oh, gosh. And I knew I was going to struggle with this name. I apologize if you're going to listen to this podcast and I club your username on Clutch Fans. Uh, Steden Note 2. Steden Note 2 on Clutch Fans asks, this is like, he he had a lot of questions. So this is is the first one. What was it like playing on that 2008-2009 Rockets team that that took the eventual champion Lakers to the brink of elimination? I guess so. Basically, how was it playing on that team that eventually took those championship Laker team to this, you know, seven games? It was a dope experience. Uh, it was, it was, it was, it was a lot of camaraderie on that team. A lot of, a lot of um, guys um, focused on playing their roles. It was just, it was just, you know, we had great coaches. You know, we 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 had a great system. Guys were professional, you know what I mean? I don't know how guys felt about each other personally, but when it came to getting on the same page for, you know, accomplishing the goal, everybody was on the same page. Everybody played their role. It was beautiful. It was just, it was a um, great year. The city was unbelievable. I love this. It was just unbelievable to get in the game and be playing every night. That was probably one of my happiest years playing basketball. Um, it was an amazing experience, and it's one that I'll never forget. Uh, it's just a, a feeling when I see Houston or I see the Rockets playing, and I, you know, hear that noise when they're at the arena. I just, I'll never forget it. It's a once in a lifetime experience, beautiful experience. Nothing but positive things to say about the city, the people in the city, people of the the fans in Houston don't really get enough credit, but they 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 are. Mm. They're serious about their basketball. Mm-hmm. That's true. I need to get you back in Toyota Center. I just realized yeah. that. We need to get Dude, you back one here, time, bro. <laughs> one, time, one time when I was playing with Boston, like, this, this is why they don't understand me. They think I'm crazy, you know. I was like, I can't go out there, like, you know, because, you know, you had a pregames, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah. you know, it's like an hour and a half before the guys that don't get to play that much, they kind of go out there and work out. I was like, I can't go out there, you know what I mean? Because I just played for Houston. Then I went to sitting at the end of the bench in Boston. And I was like, I can't let them see me like that. They were looking at me like I'm crazy. But that Toyota Center, man, it's 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 going to be a feeling. It's every time, if I ever walk in there, it's going to be a feeling that overcomes me. I'll never forget the feeling that I feel when I walk in there. I'll never forget it. We need to get you. I, I need to get you back into Toyota Center, Vaughn. Like we need to like need to make this happen. <laughs> that would be dope. That would be dope to walk into Toyota Center. <laughs> we gotta get you welcome. We gotta get you welcomed in properly. You never. I don't think. Did you ever get anything like that when you came back? No, no, no. no. Oh no, that's gotta change. That's gotta change real quick. I gotta do. So. I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to do some work. I'm gonna do some work. I'm gonna try to get. I'm gonna try to get something to happen. <laughs> the campaign for Vaughn begins. Campaign. Yeah. <laughs> that would be dope, man. Hell yeah, dude! For sure, man. I'll never, I'll never forget walking through that tunnel, walking through that hallway. Never. Oh, for sure, man. All right, so let's con- all right, let's continue on here. He, he, uh, stead in note too. His, another question he asks is, who was your, who was the most unique? And I think I may know the answer to this, but who was the most unique, also known as weirdest teammate you you had on that team? Uh, most unique. I wouldn't say weirdest. But no, unique, not weird. Yeah, it just um. Um, most misunderstood, I have to say, you know, he's very misunderstood. Um, um, I can't say Yao because people, I don't think people outside of Houston have any idea what kind of person Yao is. You know what I mean? He's an unbelievably great person. I can't say it. I have to give it to Ron. Ron is an unbelievably, he's an unbelievable guy. He's great. He helped me a lot took me under his wing you know he he was he was you can tell when someone is really trying to help you you can tell when someone is just all right i'm just doing this because everybody's watching now ron was very instrumental in my development he helped me a lot he's his own unique personality Mm -hmm. but he has a great heart you know what i mean he's a you know he comes for nothing and he made it you can tell he's just the same ron ron you know he's a great guy um, I had to give it to Ron. Great guy, misunderstood, 
Um, I don't think people truly understand him. And I know it on, on the outside looking in, it looks like he's crazy. It may look like he's this or this, but he's an unbelievable, unbelievable guy. I think that's why him and Kobe got along so well when they played together. But when they were on different teams, they would compete huh. with each other. But when he was a Laker, they got along great. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's hard true. Worker, hard worker, consistent, uh-huh. great guy. But yeah, I love Ron. Just a little bit unique in his. Uh, <laughs> hey, ain't, nothing, ain't nothing wrong with a little crazy, man. Ain't nothing wrong yeah. with it. I would I wouldn't say crazy. I just say he's he's yeah. thorough. He's from he's from he's from a dangerous place. So yeah, that's true. You know, you know, it's. I think he's a little bit more edge because where he's from, anything can happen. It can go any way. So I think he kind of brought that attitude, just uh-huh. perspective into life. Yo, I, I, have a, I have a quick question to piggyback on that. I'm sorry, Ken. No, I was ahead. just curious to know, like, do you have any, like, fun story about Ron? Because I'm not going to lie to you. Like, Ron Artest was somebody that we loved I him. always yeah, we gravitated loved him. towards. Like, yep. when we got him, he was, like, we were just so excited. And I just remember him when he, you know, he hit that three for yeah. the Lakers in game seven, blows the kisses to the to the stands. And then at his pre- at the press conference, this fool has like all of his kids, his family on the podium. And I was like, yeah, yeah Ron is someone that's like, yes. this is this is me and the world is going to know. And he right. had, he did not care. And I love that about him. He was that, very open in interviews that's as well. That you said, that's crazy that you said that he did not care because the story that I would tell about him is he wore the same church shoes um for the whole year they were they were i i had never seen anything like it he wore these same like jeans and these same church shoes to every game you know mm-hmm. and you know that's kind of weird i never seen that before from an nba player very very modest guy mm-hmm. and he wore those same church shoes like i'm like i didn't work i didn't really understand you wearing church shoes with jeans? I didn't. <laughs> that's just wrong. <laughs> I love that. That's just wrong. <laughs> that sounds like a TV show. That's wrong. That's wrong. But I mean, yeah, now yeah. thinking about it, it's smart. It's like he's saving, saving all that money. Well, that's what I was saying. I was like, because your thought process is like, bro, you're making like like ten plus million, and hey, you're wearing the same church shoes every day. Come on, man. <laughs> and they were like, they weren't even like. I mean, I don't know where he had got them from. I don't know. They were just. It's like some he just found some, you know, and just put on. But smart. Now that I think about it, that's a that's same a outfit, great same story. pants. Yeah. He just would change his shirt every now and then. So. <laughs> Occasionally, on occasion. Right, right. Smart. Yeah, it's a smart smart man. (laughs) Very smart. All right. Okay. Let's go ahead and move on here. Um, this is a great question. I would love and I and I can't wait to hear your answer on this one. How would your game translate in today's NBA, uh, where teams are relying heavily on the three ball? Um (laughs) this was this was this was me, um, this is a great question. A few years ago, I was pleading my case. I'm like, this is this is what I do. You know, this is what I do when I was trying to make a return. I'm like, this is what I do is shoot the ball, space the floor, athletic, get out and run. I feel like it would it would translate beautifully. I mean, I feel like I would average. That, I mean, I felt like you know, um, with my skill set, what I bring to the table at my age. I feel like I still could still could average anywhere from eight to to ten to twelve points a game with about twenty minutes. But if I was young, I feel like I could be a superstar. Like in this, in the way the game is, way it's, way it is today, up and down, shooting the three, scoring, a lot of pick and roll, fast pace. That's that's what I do. I found it interesting that you said a lot last episode when you mentioned KPJ when you mentioned Kevin Porter Jr. Because that that is so true, and I, that's one of the things that really stuck out to me last episode, yep. and and I just remember that because I really truly believe that if you were just dropped into this era, where I'm not gonna yeah. lie, you when you were there, like I said it last episode too, where it was like a lot more of an old heads, some of old heads yeah. time. There's a lot of young right. players here today, and like not all of them are mature. You can see a lot mm-hmm. of immaturity amongst them. Right. But they're they're not getting condemned for it, you know. Like they're being worked with, 
now, you right. know, with social media being, you know, at the forefront. So more than importantly, your talent would have been, uh, you know, would have translated. Yeah. Like I agree. I think it would have translated beautifully to today's NBA. Mm-hmm. And I think you would have been, I think you would have been a star. I mean, I mean, I made at least an all-star. You would have made an all-star team. I, I gotta, I gotta be real Definitely. here. Like, Literally. yeah, easily. But the, that that was a beautiful question. I feel like I would be a superstar in this era. I feel like I could have been a superstar back in the era I played, but just mentally didn't understand mm-hmm. how to do that. But I had the ability. You know what I mean? Talk to I tell him. people. Talk to them. Yeah, I tell people they think I'm crazy. But if you ask people who really know the game and who really study the game, I had more physical ability than Kobe Bryant. People think I'm crazy when I say that. I feel like I could shoot the ball better. I feel like I was faster just with natural ability. What you were mm-hmm. seeing me do in the NBA is without training. So mm-hmm. I made it to the NBA without training. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I have more attributes, physical God-given talent than Kobe, but mentally I just was nowhere near him. So I feel like if I could have brought all that together, I feel like I would have been a superstar easily, hands down. And I don't think anybody would disagree with that when it, that knows the game of basketball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't we disagree. agree for I, sure. I, yeah, I, I don't <laughs> disagree with that. I'm I'm sorry. I'm gonna be real. I, I, I can't disagree with that because Vaughn's my boy. I'm sorry. He's one of my favorite Rockets. <laughs> Some people think I'm crazy, but I'm, but like, but but Kobe wasn't like he was freakishly athletic, but he didn't have a jump shot. Like his jump shot wasn't when he came into the NBA. He didn't really have a jump shot. Like Kobe, yeah. just, like, Kobe just is a product of. He did have some athletic ability, just a product of hard work, exactly. determination, dedication, and just intelligence. Kobe is just smarter, and he worked harder. That's Everybody. why I try yeah. to write. So many people glorify um, him, but I try to tell them that you can do the same. He, but I guess it's hard to tap into that type of mentality. I yeah, mean, very few can. I could. When you're when you're young, especially, so mm-hmm. I guess that's a talent within itself. So that's true. So I guess it, I guess it is seem I guess it seems hard for them to understand what I'm saying. Yeah, but oh, he definitely that, you know? was a, he definitely was a different breed when it came to work, setting and putting aside all the other BS that came with it because it's a lot that comes with being a Laker. It's a lot you have to be able to handle that. It's not it's not mm-hmm. easy being a successful Laker. Especially at a young age, you in LA. So he's definitely on a different level mentally. But I feel like physically, I had more God given talent. But yeah, it wasn't no, anywhere close. That. It wasn't anywhere close mentally. So we see what happened. His yeah. career. Mm-hmm. Mind. So yeah. we see what's important. It's that's, true. Yeah, no, that's true because we we see that like even though we're just fans, like we know the people that work mm-hmm. that put the ability in the work in the gym and we see it translate. You know what I mean? So, yeah, we feel you on that for sure. Mm. All right, let's continue on with our Q&A. But before we continue, we need to put out an ad for the best voted tops in the entire world. That's right. You know what I'm talking about. The motherfucking Argyle League Barbershop. The best barbershop in H-Town. Have you ever wanted to look like a gentleman in a place where you can get a haircut and a shot of whiskey? all while being taken care of by top-shelf professional barbers. That's right. This right here is the Argyle League, where me and the GM have been receiving our haircuts since 2016. What makes Argyle literally the coolest barbershop in the world? They were voted coolest barbershop in the world. They have been featured in GQ magazine. They were the exclusive barbershop for the NCAA Final Four in 2016. They've worked with Radio 610 and Hope Lodge Houston. They were also the official barbers for the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Calendar launch party in 2017. And that is just a few of their kick-ass accolades. So if you're tired of your hair and you want to look like a gentleman, I highly recommend going to the Argyle League and getting a fresh cut from one of their kick-ass barbers. They are currently located at 709 West Alabama Street in Houston, Texas. You can visit their website now, theargyleague.com to book an appointment. Let me say it again, theargyleague.com to book an appointment. Where else can you get a shot of whiskey right at the door for you? Where else can you get a free beer right at the door for you? All complimentary. They do your hair. They can... um. Fix your beard, whatever you need. It is a gentlemanly barbershop, the absolute best barbershop in the entire city of Houston, and it is located right here. And please, if you ever go there in the future, let them know that the Summit State of Mind sent you. So stay sharp, gentlemen, and meet us at the Summit. 
And let's move on here as we continue our Q&A with Vaughn Wafer. He's going to continue to answer some more questions sent from y'all, the fans, the listeners, uh, whoever y'all are. He's going to be answering all of it for you as we finish up and go home on this episode right here on The Summit State of Mind. All right. So Vaughn, um, Ashley M on Clutch Fans, she asked, what is your most memorable game of your career? That's a, Ooh, great that's a whole career. <laughs> not just, it's not even held down to just Rockets anymore. Man, most memorable game. You could say Boston. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's you know, it when we played the Lakers <laughs> in yes. Toyota Stadium when I had my career high. I think, well, I mean, I don't know. That's a tough question, too. I had to say against the Lakers in Denver. I had to just single out those two games. I got to start against my old teams, and I played well. Um, tr- the playoff victory was great. And, you know, I played it. I went, I played for Portland, too. So that was great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of those three, if I had to take one, I'd take the playoff win against Portland. Um, uh, I don't even remember which specific game. I just had to say the last when we went to, I guess the last game when we closed them out. Yes, that was such a good. That was such a good game. We like you, like you, you know, you hit that jumper. Ron r- runs into the stands. That was something else. <laughs> I'm very proud of that moment. So that's it. Saw my old teams and um, was able to perform. So I guess uh-huh. that would be my best moment, us closing out Portland since I had played for them. They're my former team. I knew all the guys, so that was a beautiful moment. Yeah, we knew that you were we knew that you were uh, ready for it too, and and we were ready for it too. Like when we went into Game Six, we we're like, uh-huh. man, we're gonna close them out here. This is this is it. And then I remember the first five <laughs> minutes that we played, or the first quarter, and I was like, yeah, now this is over. We got this. <laughs> oh, man. we we came we came out we came out firing. That's yes, for sure. We, um, we had some young studs. Oh, that sure. that was for sure. So, um, smooth operator. Oh my god! Uh, from Clutch fans, asked, "What was your most shacked in a fool moment? What about your teammates?" <laughs> most shacked in a fool moment. Stop, Simba. Simba, stop. My first uh, shacked in a fool moment. <laughs> That's a I was good like, point. Doing it, <laughs> <laughs> probably, <laughs> probably had to be uh... <laughs> probably. <laughs> Both times, Boston was involved. So <laughs> one time when I played for Houston, I went to go dunk the ball. Uh-huh. I don't know how I got hung like that. Like, I don't know how I got hung. And then one time when I was playing for Boston, <laughs> I had, had broke away from the defender, and I jumped so high, like, oh, yes, I'm going to kill the rim on this. I tried to dunk as hard as I could. I don't know how... It just felt like the ball went in. I don't know if it was what was going on, some magic or something. Some, I don't know what happened, some spice or something, but the ball came out. I felt the ball go in. Like, I made a dunk a million times, and I celebrated, and I didn't know that I had missed it. That, that had to be the Shaq and the Food moment. That's got, like, two million views on YouTube. <laughs> know People didn't even know. Like, so I didn't even know that, like – was so funny yeah. is that like so when i when uh i put out the who remembers von wafer someone put that yeah. video and was like man you did this and i was like i was like i was like first of all i've never seen that second of all take that down now because like, <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, that's got like two million views man youtube needs to send me a check for that but that, <laughs> that yeah. was actually the jack and the fool i had to have to be shacked in the fool moment you know like i, I respect I, it man <laughs> but you know what? You know what? You know what? I'll be honest though. But like, <laughs> there are people that miss dunks, like that's just that happens. And like the right. one thing I think of was, uh-huh. uh, and I don't know if you saw this a few years ago, Vaughn, but uh, Nick Young. Do you remember? Did you see Nick Young? Yeah, with the three. Shot the three. I think mine then, was worse. Yes. I think mine was worse. You thought yours was mine worse? Was I thought that was horrible. Because yeah. he, my man, turned. <laughs> my man turned. Like Nick Young turned but I, to the audience, like to the crowd. But I did a dunk. And then ran into my teammate and caused a travel. Mine was way worse. Uh, I can't believe Doc didn't even take me out the game. They probably would be laughing. 
<laughs> but that's the thing though they they believe but that's the good thing is that they believed in you enough to be like yo man all right it was, it's a, you know it's it's a mistake right <laughs> it, it, like it's funny it probably, but was, so, it probably was so funny he'd never seen it before he forgot to take me out probably <laughs> he was just oh, laughing <laughs> they're like nah man we'll keep him in the game we'll keep him in the game let him finish it let him finish it let him finish it. he made he made the mess let him finish it that's got to be my check in the pool game dang all right so uh on that note on that note vaughn we're gonna close the q a session uh thank right. you i appreciate it all the fan I'm, I'm gonna speak for everyone on clutch fans and all your fans out there that are just appreciative to hear your voice and to kind of get your perspective on things it just hasn't been heard and and even you know because the way you i guess it's just because also because of the way you left or the way it happened and yeah. we never got to hear from you and i think it's such a good outlet for people to hear from you you know right mm-hmm. right i i missed the houston fans i wish i would have never left but it was beyond my control it happened so fast you know what i mean i didn't I didn't want to go. I just felt like, you know, I'd done well for myself, wanted to get the contract. Everybody, you know, wait and dream for that moment. They can cash in. I wish I would have stayed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But hopefully I can be a part of the Houston Nation, um, Houston Nation some way, shape or form, because great fans, great people. I miss you guys. I miss the city. I miss running out to the Toyota Center. I miss hearing um that little horn, doom, doom, whatever they play while you while you playing. I miss everything about the city of Houston. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable I, experience. I'll never forget you guys. I never. I I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, there you yeah. go. <laughs> yeah, right. It's literally that. So we know right. it. <laughs> right. Well, Vaughn, we. Yeah, man. Well, we appreciate you, man, and thank you so much for taking the time out to come on our podcast. Yeah. And, uh, is there any last message that you wanted to say? Anything at all? Anything you want to say if, uh, as we go home on the pod? Man, I'm looking forward to us finishing this up, man. I really, I really enjoyed answering the uh, fans' question. It's, it's got my brain going. It's got me. It's got my juices flowing. It's got me inspired. It's got me motivated. So definitely enjoyed the questions. Hopefully, the fans have more questions to ask. Just ask whatever you feel. I'm an open book, and I look forward to doing this again. It's, it was beautiful. I loved it. Has my spirits uplifted. Having a great day. I'm gonna have a great day because of this. So I look forward to doing it again, for sure. And we appreciate and we you appreciate Vaughn. you. Yeah, no, seriously, it's really humbling, and we love we love hanging out with you. So yeah, you're, we, you're we really, always welcome with us. Absolutely, and I'm ready. Just send me the send me the <laughs> message. I'm ready. All right, for sure. You know, especially when Rockets games come around too. Especially when the season. Do you watch? Do you kind of keep up with the Rockets still? Man, it's hard for me to watch basketball, but um, yeah, I feel that. I, um. I need to start getting more involved with it because I want to do the coaching. So I need to start studying it. But as of, as of up to this point, I haven't even watched any basketball games, but I'm definitely looking forward to, you know, looking and, and, and looking at the Houston Rockets. You guys have a bright future. Um, you got two studs, um, um, Jalen Green. I feel like he's a mix between John Morant and James Harden. I feel like he's going to be a generational superstar. I feel like Porter is going to be great. I feel like um, Woods is going to be great. I feel like the um, team is headed in the right direction. So it's a lot of exciting, a lot of excitement from the, for the city of Houston. And we Absolutely. need to we need to come up with a nickname for you as well. I'm gonna have to call you like the advisor or the, the <laughs> something for it, man. I got to give you something, man, because you're like the analyst over here, dude. We got to get you back man, on I, for sure. I love this. I love it. I live, breathe, sleep, eat basketball. I love it. Love talking about it. Love studying it. Love analyzing it. I love critiquing it. I love looking at the talent and seeing it before it, you know, it develops. I love it. I love the game. I love being around the game. I love talking about it. <laughs> for sure. So we definitely got to get you back on uh, on our podcast for sure. But on that note, thank you so much, Vaughn. You're the best. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. No problem. Thank you, again, Thank you guys. All right. We are going to go ahead and go home on this episode of our podcast. Don't fret, listeners and people that have sent in questions. Your questions will be answered. That's right. In part two, we had to break it down into two parts because we had so many amazing, great questions sent to Vaughn Wafer that we couldn't just do it in one part. We had to break it down into two. So please stay tuned for part two, which will be coming out next week. 
next Tuesday. Tuesday, you know what that means. A brand new episode of the Summit State of Mind podcast. And that is going to be part two with Q&A with Vaughn Wafer. And it will be exclusively right here at the Summit State of Mind. So thank you once again to everyone that has been continuing to listen to us. Episode 45. Wow. 45 episodes in. Uh, Jordan 45. Absolutely incredible stuff. We are so thankful that you guys have continued to listen, continue to support us. It gives us the inspiration to pump out the content that we do. So we really appreciate y'all for everything that y'all do for us. So thank you very much for that. If you don't already, give a follow to Von Wafer uh, at Von Wafer Speaks on Instagram. Continue to uh, support him. He's been doing incredible stuff. He's an inspirational uh, person as well as a motivational speaker. And as and more importantly, he's a coach. So be sure to follow him at Von Wafer Speaks if you already haven't. And give us a follow as well at Summit State of Mind underscore pod. I'll say it again at Summit State of Mind underscore pod on Instagram or follow us on Twitter. Um, at Summit SOM Pod. That's where we continue to pump out content, stories, um, episode updates, trailers, Rockets news, uh, whether it be a trade, a release, no matter wherever and whenever, a signing. We are definitely going to be uh, at the forefront of all of that with the season approaching in about a month. So please continue to follow us there as well. And get, and shout outs to our uh, our podcast bros, SNT Pod. If you haven't already um, followed them, give them a follow as well. Uh, shots and Thoughts, where they play games. You get to learn about new things. And on top of all that, they drink. What can be more fun than that? So give them a follow. And also give a follow to the Sports Trap Podcast that don't just cover Houston Rockets news, but all Houston sports news, as well as uh, nationwide sports news. Sports, uh, The Sports Trap doing uh, kick-ass things as well. So follow them as well. And as we go home on this episode on the pandemic, please make sure that you are wearing your mask. Please make sure you are washing your hands. And uh, more importantly, uh, take care of yourselves. And most importantly, take care of each other. Next week, we're going to continue on with our amazing conversation with Von Wafer as he continues to answer y'all's amazing questions. So on this note and on the sign off from myself and the GM, take care. We'll see you next Tuesday. The Summit for, 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 for Life.